The Olympics, are you going to watch? Quite frankly, I have little interest. Remember when they had the Olympics, the winter and the summer in the same year, every four years? Now it seems like every time you turn around, it's time for another Olympics. Anyway, they're in China, and I want our athletes to do well. Of course, I want them to be safe, but I want them to be themselves, be victorious. Nancy Pelosi, strangely one of the most powerful people in all of America, has some very odd advice for our athletes. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. Uh, the warning should be issued to the Chinese to not mess with our athletes. Why is she accommodating China, telling our athletes, look, if our athletes want to go over there and make a statement, I'm actually okay with that. I wonder, did Nancy tell Colin Kaepernick to stop kneeling because it ticked off half of America? How did she feel about those guys back in 1968 who made a great big statement about uh, racial segregation throughout the world? With Nancy's mentality, I wonder what she would have told Jesse Owens before all of our time, right? But he was a gold medalist over there in Nazi Germany, and Hitler was furious. Who cares what the Chinese think? They better not mess with our people. That's the message. The wild thing about Nancy is she used to be a bit of a hawk when it came to China. Yeah, she hung out with the Dalai Lama. Nothing makes the Chinese matter than the Dalai Lama. Also, she went to Tiananmen Square, Tiananmen Square, of course, a site of the infamous uh, showdown between protesters and government forces. Pro-democracy movement was crushed. Nancy Pelosi went there two years later and unfurled a flag in defiance of the Chinese government. Take a look. Which still burns bright. And it is a cause which will never die. Democracy in China, a cause which will never die. That's beautiful. She was almost arrested for that. So what happened to Nancy? There she is, pro-democracy. Now, ooh, don't cause any trouble, Americans. Well, let me put it this way. Joe has a hunter problem, right? We all know about that. And Nancy has two problems. She's got a son named Paul and a husband who's got all kinds of financial interests. We're going to focus on Paul. There's a new book by Peter Schweitzer called Red Handed, How American Elites Sell Out to the Chinese. Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi Jr., embarked on a series of ventures that involved Chinese investors and clients. It goes on. In addition to Paul serving on the board, the Pelosi's had a big chunk of money invested in Matthews, the China fund. Finally, in 2010, the Pelosi's held between $5 million and $25 million in a Matthews fund specializing in Asian investment. Paul Pelosi received partnership income between $100,000 and $1 million. And Paul Pelosi reportedly is under FBI investigation. Um, Nancy, Joe, even some Republicans, they call this uh, elite capture. I'll get to that in a moment. But Joe 
says things all the time, and Nancy is saying things right now that please the Chinese leadership. Let me begin by saying one thing about competition. I've told this to uh, uh, to Vice President Xi and then President Xi and uh, all the time I had to spend with him, is that uh, one of the things that has happened uh, in the last 20 years is as the world has become more competitive, it's awakened the competitive spirit in the United States. Uh, competition is stamped into our DNA. And uh, if there's anything remotely ap- approaching the level playing field, we'll do just fine. Anything approaching a level playing field will be happy. That's that's not bargaining. That's giving in. That's being owned. And look at how cozy Joe has been. You know, he's always bragging about how close he is with President Xi. I've been looking at these pictures. Who's in control? Joe is just a little bit too solicitous might be the word. I think President Xi is in charge and something at work is elite capture. We mentioned it before. It's in Peter Schweitzer's new book, Elite Capture. In the world of espionage, practitioners use the term elite capture to describe successful efforts to essentially buy off members of a country's leadership. All right. Hunter Biden. Yeah. Joe, most likely. Nancy. Uh huh. But definitely not this guy. It was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. Just remember that, and remember the way he's speaking, okay? This isn't just a little bit of a tiff that the Chinese like. This is big-time tough. You know, when it comes to dealing with the Chinese, it reminds me of The Godfather Part 2. In this scenario, China equals Hyman Roth. Okay, take a look. Come on, Frankie. You know my father did business with Hyman Roth. He respected him. Your father did business with Hyman Roth? Your father respected Hyman Roth? But your father never trusted Hyman Roth? Uh Uh-huh. Right. Right. And it looks like our country right now under Democrat leadership is giving in. They don't seem to care as long as the money is flowing to their sons, daughters, themselves. It's really, really horrible. So our leadership is blowing it and we're crumbling inside. She and Putin, I know, are happy. All right. Right now, both of them are on the rise. We are on the decline. Externally, we've seen it. We lost in Afghanistan, elsewhere. And internally, are they dealing with this in their country? Desmond was not amazing on that day. Uh, He or she was a talentless little freak show. Sorry. Uh, Made a spectacle out of his self, herself, whatever. And this is what our country is consumed with right now. And Desmond, as he or she grows older, uh, might enter into a polyamorous relationship where all pronouns of choice are totally respected. 
Hi, my name is Anna. I am dating everybody in the polycule. I am married to Jake. We've been together for eight years and married for three. I'm dating Spencer. We've been together for three and a half. And I am dating Ellie. And we've been together just over a month now. I am bisexual and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm married to Anna. I am demi-romantic. I'm technically pansexual, but I like the bi colors more, so I call myself bisexual. Hi, I'm Ellie. I'm dating Anna. I'm some flavor of queer. And my pronouns are she, her. I'm Spencer. I'm bi, but like bi. My pronouns are they, them. And uh, my gender is... Wait. I thought your pronouns were he, they. My gender is to be determined. You get the sense that America just might be losing its edge right now. You know, there was a time not that long ago, 20 years ago, if you wanted to see certain types of content that may appeal to whatever, uh, you had to go to a certain part of town. Now everybody has it in their pockets at all times, at all hours of the day. And I think we are all paying a big, big price. All that to say, good luck to our athletes. And uh, if you want to stick it to the Chinese leadership, go ahead. They're not going to mess with you. We won't let it, will we? We'll be right back. Trayvon Martin, 10 years later, the whole thing was a hoax. Be right back. There's a dangerous movement taking place in America, dismantling democracy, destroying our economy, stripping our freedom. Sean Spicer brings you an all-new book revealing Biden's dangerous plans for America. Radical Nation exposes the plan to turn America into a socialist nation and what you can do to stop them. President Trump says if you want to save America, you must read this book. Get your free copy with this special offer. Go online or call the number on your screen. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? This is bad for the fake news. Even for the fake news, I was borderline shocked going around the dial when this happened on MSNBC. This is exactly what this bill is designed to do. It's to legitimize seeing blackness as a weapon in and of itself and then justify our murders. It is meant to terrorize us and frighten us away from ever using our voices. I also want to set the proper historical context because back in the day, by 1950, Missouri had the second highest number of lynchings outside of the Deep South. So when folks talk about making America great again, that's the kind of Missouri grand old tradition that they want to return to. They want to return to days when you could lynch or murder black folks and there would be absolutely no retribution for it. That's not hyperbole. I'm telling you as a black Missourian and as a protester, that is reality. Yes, that is reality when you are on psychedelic drugs, I'm sure. Uh, This is America. Barack Obama won (laughs) the presidency twice in this country. Um, This was a racially harmonious place not very long ago. And most people are really at peace with each other. But that woman and now Barack Obama, it started during his presidency, started to create a false and vicious narrative. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And, um, you know, I think they are right to expect that all of us as Americans 
uh, are going to take this with the seriousness it deserves and that we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. He's talking about Trayvon Martin. He did not have all the facts. Trayvon Martin, the fake news narrative that was emerging, 17-year-old kid on his way to buy Skittles, was attacked and murdered by George Zimmerman. That was not the case. George Zimmerman was defending himself, and that was established in court. And by the way, Barack Obama and this young man did not look anything like each other. Uh, So why did he seize on this issue? Why was he talking about it from the White House? Well, his support was dropping among black voters. Uh, Running for re-election, he lost a tremendous amount of support in the black community. They were not impressed. In 2009, his first year in office, take a look at that. Now look a couple years later, what he was up against. They were unimpressed with his performance in office. Presto changeo, here comes Black Lives Matter to the rescue, literally created uh, in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer, so-called by them, and to give Barack Obama support. They wanted to emotionalize these issues. And they've been at it ever since. And that was a left-wing site. But a lot of formerly sane people have signed up. Take a look. Joe, you also have two very special guests joining the parents of the late Trayvon Martin, who it's hard to believe was killed 10 years ago this month and whose 27th birthday would be tomorrow. His uh, 27th birthday would uh, be tomorrow. I'm going to have both the mother and father on my show, on the Saturday show. We are going to talk with the parents about what has happened in the 10 years uh, since Trayvon. What has the nation learned? Uh, The nation has gone backwards in, in major ways. And as for the case... Most people don't know about the prosecutorial misconduct, uh, the witness who was invented, huge problems with this case. By the way, the whole thing was a hoax. And I highly recommend a book and movie called The Trayvon Martin Hoax by Joel Gilbert. Take a look. My message is to the parents of Trayvon Martin. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. The shooting death of Trayvon Martin was ground zero for racial division in America. Trayvon Martin was killed for wearing a hoodie, uh, quite frankly. I decided to produce a film on how the case affects American politics to this day. It had started as a self-defense case, but then out of the blue, they found Trayvon's girlfriend. She is a minor child. This phone witness led to the most racially divisive trial since OJ. Diamond was switched for a fake witness in a murder trial in the most stunning hoax in American judicial history, a hoax whose consequences have been tragic beyond anyone's imagination. So do you think Al Sharpton on MSNBC this weekend is gonna tell you anything about that? No, Al Sharpton, it is amazing that he can show his face in public. He was involved in another race hoax, Tawana Brawley. Are you familiar with this case? She had wild accusations that were proven to be not true by a grand jury, uh, totally discredited, yet Al Sharpton lived to fight another day. Al Sharpton also organized a racist boycott of Asian delis and grocery stores in New York City in the 1980s. Yet his star continued to rise, but this is still part of his record. Church Avenue in Flatbush, boycotters, mostly black, 
outside the Red Apple Fruit Market on one side of the street and church fruits on the other side. Blacks are angry and frustrated once again at new immigrants, this time Koreans, who have moved in, moved up, and left blacks behind. This is new anger over an old wound. And in the middle of it all was Al Sharpton. Fake news narratives continue. We see them all the time. One of the most damaging, Ferguson, Missouri, Michael Brown. Michael Brown was not innocent. He did not have his hands up. He didn't say, don't shoot. He was desperately trying to steal a gun from a police officer. The riots that erupted, nobody cared about the facts. Nobody wanted to hear them. They just wanted to riot. And they, the media wanted to believe the worst about the cops. They wouldn't acknowledge that Michael Brown was a bad guy. Just a little while before he was shot, this happened. He assault, assaulted a clerk during a shoplifting incident. That's Michael Brown the day he died, and it's a big part of the story. By the way, the Obama Justice Department uh, totally exonerated the police officer who shot Michael Brown. So that brings us to 2022, a horrendous crime problem and a new mayor in New York City by the name of Eric Adams, who is about as inept as they come. But in this moment, if you look a certain way, you get the prestige jobs. But his past is catching up to him as well. Not long ago, he spoke in the ugliest, most racist terms about just about everything. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he keeps one of the blacks in law enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. Who are you now? That's 2019. This isn't uh, 15 years ago or 35 years ago. There's more. It's so interesting, I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, these Negroes, boy, these Negroes that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're going to beat me up. Yeah. The people who say, where's our real black leaders, they're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, Negro, you run. You run. Go raise the $7 million. I kind of wish he would wear white and smoke weed and just stay in bed all day because he's creating real problems here. And watch out. This guy has corruption written all over him. Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs. Not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No, we're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women and minority-owned business. A uh, 30% cut um, sounds a little bit too enthusiastic about the money. Look, uh, this is the insanity we're dealing with right now, and you heard from MSNBC at the top of this segment. I keep hearing about root causes lately, root causes. People want to talk about root causes. Well, here's a root cause that nobody wants to talk about anymore. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. 
You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Now, let's not talk about that. Let's just blame the cops. And let's just send the guys who like to say F the police, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, to the Super Bowl. They'll be performing a week from Sunday at the Super Bowl. Let's just have that transgender person. Let's talk about her for a country or him or whatever. Uh, Let's try to forget our loss in Afghanistan, right? Let's try to pretend that Joe Biden is not cognitively impaired and that Hunter Biden is not the bag man for the family. Hmm? This may fool the fake news, but it's not fooling these guys. Trust me on that. Okay. When we come back, Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden. Ooh. Boy, oh boy, these guys have a lot in common. Be right back. Joe Biden just might be on something. I don't know, vitamin pills or something more? What do you think? I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. But let me close with this. I know what you're doing. You know what I'm doing. Uh, that was today, this afternoon. Look at Joe yesterday morning. I remember sitting on going to a little Catholic grade school in Claymont, Delaware, which was a steel town that was dying. And the bus would go, my mother would drive me to the school parking lot. It's called Holy Rosary School from a little, it's called Brookview Apartments. It used to be Section 8 housing later. And, uh, and I get out of the bus, I get out of the car, and that's where I 95 runs parallel to these days. And, uh, And I said, Mom, why are all those kids, it was then called colored, why are all those colored kids in that bus? Because in Scranton, there weren't any, there were very few blacks. So they're not allowed to go to school with us here in Delaware. Sleepy Joe. But what about Manic Joe? I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. Let me close with this. Something is up. I don't know what it is. Uh, You know, they're supposed to give us his doctor's report, his full doctor's report. Uh, I think we should have it. I think it could be very interesting. He's reminding me a lot of Jimmy Carter, Uh, not necessarily in the demeanor, but in the total catastrophe, failure type presidency, and not being at all in sync with the heart and soul of America. Here's uh, Jimmy from those days. As you know, there is a growing disrespect for government and for churches and for schools, the news media and other institutions. This is not a message of happiness or reassurance but it is the truth 
and it is a warning. I actually remember that speech. I really felt like he was mad at me. It's very, very strange. No wonder why uh, Ronald Reagan was able to beat the hell out of him. So Joe Biden and uh, Jimmy Carter, friends, big time. Uh, Joe was the guy who kind of showed him the ropes a little bit in Washington. I think it's one of the reasons why Jimmy did not do very well. We got to go to Canada. Those truckers, they are still out there and it's pretty amazing. see the problem. They hate the mandates. And why not? Someone's got to do something to end this insanity. Look at how the authorities there are talking about these guys. Supporters of protesters who are funding and enabling unlawful and harmful activity by the protesters themselves. Investigative evidence gathering teams are collecting financial, digital, vehicle registration, driver identification, insurance status, and other related evidence that will be used in prosecutions. Every unlawful act, including traffic and insurance violations, will be fully pursued, regardless of the origin, at any time in the future. Traffic violations? will have at it. Write tickets. I saw a couple of trucks parked, maybe the way you don't want them. He's talking like this is terrorism, and that's how they're being labeled, by the way, okay, as domestic terrorists. You can see it's a lie. We can all see it's a lie. And we see that these truckers are good people. They're great in Canada. They're great in America. You know who has always understood the trucking community? Donald Trump. A lot of people laughed at him when uh, a consortium of truckers came to the White House for an event and he jumped right in and pulled the horn and grabbed the wheel. They were like, oh, this is so gauche. He does not understand. He did understand. That's the whole thing. That truckers are America. And during the convention, there was a moment where, uh oh, wait a second. He just let a trucker inside. He did. And it was great. This is the Republican convention in 2020. These are my friends. These are the incredible workers that helped us so much with the COVID. These are great, great people. We want to thank you all. You've been incredible, and we want to thank you. So tell me a little about your stories. How about we'll start with you? I'm a trucker. Good. I own a small business in Ohio. Great. Uh, Haul and steel mostly. Um, you know, some of our customers actually made hospital beds with uh, some oh, wow. material. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. I love the truckers. You know, they're on my side. Thank you. Mr. I think all of them, frankly, I think pretty much all of them. He's right. He's right. It's one of the reasons why our media in this country have very little sympathy for those truckers in Canada. Uh, all right. CNN, all kinds of problems over there at CNN. Well, things are about to change again in a big way. There is a new guy who's going to be running the show, David Zaslav from Discovery. Uh, they're taking over CNN. And Zaslav seems to have CNN figured out. He was interviewed by uh, CNBC's Joe Kernan this morning. We have this great entertainment menu, uh, which should keep people in, in, in the home, from the kids to the grandparents. Why would they go anywhere else? And then we're the leader in news to the left. Uh, and we're now, definitely you know, one of the leaders in the sports. Left. Definitely to the right. Did you say to the left? <laughs> Man, you weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Leader in news, CNN, to the left, to the left. They try to spin it otherwise later, but uh, we know what he was talking about. And they are to the left. Take a look. All the time, right? Uh, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Our friends at Grabian put together as things do seem to be changing in a big way. Hopefully for the better at CNN. I wouldn't mind. Uh, but here are some highlights of all the mistakes, or not all, but a couple of amusing ones. We are not fake news. We are real news. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? That Kavanaugh aided and abetted in the commission of a gang rape. But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet. And he's in his face. When you start whipping people with and you want to split hairs between reins and whips. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. <laughs> and there are a million more just like those. When we come back, Kari Lake, perhaps, I think, likely the future governor of Arizona. Did you see her beat the fake news at their own game? It was pretty wild. We'll be right back with Kari Lake. Eric Bowling is back, and he's fighting big media, woke politics, and cancel culture. Every afternoon, Eric's new The Balance tells the truth and exposes the big lies. Watch Eric Bowling every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Did you see this online? It went mega viral. That is Carrie Lake. Right now, she's running for governor of Arizona. She's a Republican, former newscaster. And boy, did she own that reporter who tried one of their little fake news tricks. Uh, it was amazing. We'll play a portion of it in a moment. But first, uh, Carrie Lake, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be here with you, Greg. I'm doing great. Uh, well, look, that was a terrific moment. Uh, it was uh, pretty wild. And you totally owned her. Did you? First question, whoever shot it, they must have been from your campaign. They shot it beautifully. Did you anticipate that, you know, they were going to try to undermine you in some way? Well, you know, because I worked in the media for 20, 30 years, 27 years covering Arizona, I know how they operate. I know all the tricks. And so I don't go into any interview without having it shot by a camera that I'm in control of and uh, with the audio recorded because they will play tricks. They'll cut it and snip it and make it look like you said this when you actually said that. And so I knew right away they're not going to run. They're not going to run the important parts, the part where I'm talking about the issues Arizonans are facing. They're going to try to hit me with a gotcha. And they probably won't even put my answer out to their gotcha question. <laughs> well, uh, wow, it, it, it totally worked. You know them. They tried it. They failed. And you had all the evidence, all the receipts. We're going to play a portion of it. It's pretty cool. Uh, we can't play the whole thing, but you can find it on Twitter, my Twitter, your Twitter. It's everywhere. But let's take a look. Do you think Joe Biden is the current president? Well, he's obviously sitting in the White House. Do you think he's the president? I'm asking you, but I'm just wondering, do you think if do you think that if the 2020 election was stolen, is Joe Biden the president? Do you think the election was stolen? I, I have no comment. <laughs> Do you think that Joe Biden garnered 81 million votes? Do you think the elections were fair? 
The problem is that the American people don't have all the answers because the media is part of the problem. And you went on from there. Uh, afterwards, uh, was she crying? Was she? I mean, she seemed to be laughing. No, and I actually I mean, think she was agreeing with you a little bit. I think I might have made some inroads with this young um, woman, young lady. She's a producer from Martha Raddatz. You might remember Martha Raddatz from ABC News, the woman who teared up when her candidate Hillary Clinton lost back in 2016. <laughs> Um, but but Martha wasn't there because she was heading out to go cover this war that Joe Biden's trying to start on the Ukrainian border. Meanwhile, we have, of course, an invasion on our border here in Arizona with Mexico. So I interviewed uh, this young woman, asked me the questions, and I, I knew where they were going to go with it. They started off with the nice questions. Why are you running? And, and I went into all of the issues that Arizonans are facing. We do have an invasion at our border. We have fentanyl coming up through Mexico via China that is making its way into our neighborhoods. We have human smuggling, child trafficking, terrorists coming across our border, and we have inflation that's just killing the working class. We have homelessness that's on the verge of a tipping point to send us into California's situation. But they don't wanna talk about that, Greg. They want to try to make any Trump Republican, and of course, I'm the Trump-endorsed candidate, the leading candidate in Arizona, and they're afraid of me. They want to make us look like we're conspiracy theorists. And the fact of the matter is, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and the mainstream media are the conspiracy theorists. And we've seen that proven time and time again for years, and especially during COVID. Everything they said was true has proved to be wrong. Everything the so-called conspiracy theorists have said has proved to be true. So we're tired of the mainstream media. They're done. And they've been lying to the American people and everybody's on to it. You know, uh, I've seen that question posed to a lot of Republicans and it always throws them. They're like, uh, 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 they panic a little bit. You totally nailed it. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> well, I I didn't give them my normal response because she didn't she kind of bungled the question. My normal response is Joe Biden is the president, just like O.J. is innocent. When you have a corrupt system, you don't get a true, honest result. So you are an anchor person. You are a member of the media for a long time. Um, this is new to you, politics. Did you surprise yourself a little bit? I mean, let's face it, you are very, very good. I'm allowed to say these things. This is an opinion show. And uh, I, I wonder if you've surprised yourself because asking the questions is one thing. Answering them is, is different. And I don't think a lot of folks in the media understand or appreciate that it can be a lot harder to answer the question. It's easy to ask. Anyway, does that make sense? Well, you know what? Honestly, I just feel that my career as a journalist and I always consider myself a journalist prepared me so well for this because I've been covering the, the wonderful people of Arizona, this incredible state, the issues that we face for 27 years. I've been in the homes of the people of this great state. I have a relationship with them. They trust me and they know me. And when I walked away, I thought I worked for the good guys. I worked for Fox. But once I realized during COVID that in the corporate media, there are no good guys. It's all propaganda. Once I realized that, I immediately stepped away from my large paycheck, comfortable lifestyle, great benefit plan, 
and you know all of the perks that go with it. I said, this is immoral. I can't be part of this. And so the people of Arizona love me and they trust me and the feeling is mutual. It has prepared me for this moment. And I am so honored that we have a movement, that we are 30 plus points up in the polls. We have President Trump's endorsement and the entire America First movement behind us. America First is the only way out of the mess we're in right now, Greg. I believe it. I believe it. Hey, I wish I was still a constituent. I, you know, I used to live in Yuma. Did I tell you that? I lived in Yuma for uh, <laughs> four years. I That's enjoyed a great it. city. It, and they have some of the best sunsets in all of Arizona, by the way. Yeah, no, quite a place. And uh, I, I, I came to love it. So Carrie Lake, thank you very much. Go to CarrieLake.com if you'd like more information to be continued. Carrie Lake running for governor in Arizona. All the best. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. We'll be right back. Wow. Politicians and celebrities. What happens? That's Magic Johnson in the middle. The guy on the right is uh, Garcetti. He's the mayor of Los Angeles and uh, no masks at a place at a stadium where masks are the rule. Next picture, please. We see Gavin Newsom with Magic Johnson. Uh, What's up with the selfies? What's up with famous people? Who cares? Anyway, at that same stadium, they're supposed to be wearing masks. Uh, Eric Adams was at a game. I think that's, uh, is that Clyde Frazier with them? Anyway, he was at a game in Madison Square Garden. He was supposed to be wearing a mask according to the rules. He wasn't. Look, I'm not the mask cops, but here's what really bothers me. Children, coast to coast, as these celebrities blow off their masks, they're very, very strict with the kids. It seems absolutely outrageous. Seems like everybody pretty much knows these masks don't work, by the way. Let's bring in the expert, though. We've got with us Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor of medicine at Stanford University. He's an epidemiologist. He's a health economist and public health policy expert on infectious diseases. Doctor, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Good to be here. Number one, please, your assessment. Should children be wearing masks? No. Children should not be wearing masks. I mean, I think if the parents are nervous about it, it's it's not the end of the world, I guess. I mean, some some kids handle it fine, but many kids don't handle it fine. And certainly we should not be forcing kids to be wearing masks. And I don't think it does any good whatsoever in terms of COVID spread. We should uh, disabuse ourselves of that notion. Yeah, it really doesn't, uh, does it? I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine. How did this, how did we get to this point where so much faith from some, Fauci and others, was put in masks? I mean, I think in the early days of the pandemic, they actually told the truth. They said that the masks were not particularly effective uh, unless you were wearing it in a hospital setting and you were fitted and you were wearing N95 and, you know, you knew how to do it. Um, uh, Somehow, I I think in the early days, what happened was that that people wanted some measure of control over the risk they faced. And public health authorities essentially decided that despite decades of of strong evidence from randomized trials that masks in community settings do not work to stop respiratory virus spread, they latched onto the masks as a way to give people some measure of control. They told a noble lie. Uh, And then what happened, I think, is that it became politicized. And now you see what's happening. You have half the country where masks are required and, and, uh, you know, children are masked up every day and half the country where people are living just normal. Um, It's become this political talisman, uh, this this like thing where rather than anything to do with infection control, it's become a signal that, oh, I'm a good person. I care about you. So um, 
This is a pretty pathetic and actually heartbreaking display. A bunch of kids being taught a song about mask wearing. I'd like to play a few seconds if you don't mind. Wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi ho the Dario. I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. It helps to keep me safe. Hi ho the Dario. It helps to keep. <laughs> and me it goes safe. on like this. And and doctor, this might be outside your uh, uh, your primary expertise, but you have undergone a lot of schooling. Just. What do you think it does to the learning process when children can't see each other's faces? That's got to have you know, some I, impact. I mean, I think, uh, like, imagine trying to teach a five-year-old to read with a mask on. I mean, looking at people's lips is part of part of that learning how to read. I certainly, I've gotten a lot of emails from uh, parents of deaf children telling me of, the, of how how much seeing kids, uh, their teachers with masks, has hampered their ability to to learn. Uh, I, and I think for for a lot of kids, it's it's. I mean, I, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily believe that every kid is harmed by it, but I do think that a lot of kids are harmed by it. Uh, a lot of autistic moms have reached out to me and told me about difficulties with the, with the, their kids face with masking. Um, and I've also seen that like a lot of teachers are, I mean, in effect, they're bullying kids that don't want to wear a mask. Um, I, I, it, it just has to have long-term developmental effects. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny because that we have never done studies on the developmental effects of masks on children because it would have been unethical to imagine even running a, such a study. And yet we've done it on a mass scale. Um, I, I just don't, I don't understand how the public health authorities have gotten to this point. Uh, I don't even blame the teacher. It's the public health authorities that put it in her mind that 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 it was such a good thing to do that. Um, and uh, how do we deprogram that? I don't. I, I mean, it's going to take a lot of work from. I mean, I think maybe an apology would would be a good place to start from the CDC director. Yeah. Well, you know, at first I showed the pictures of the prominent uh, Democrat politicians not wearing masks with uh, celebrities, and maybe instead of apologizing, we see Mr. Garcetti there, Mayor Garcetti. We see. Uh, Gavin Newsom with, uh, can we go ahead and put that picture up if you don't mind? These guys, uh, maybe that's, a, instead of apologizing, if these guys just owned it and said it's time to move on. You know, celebrity endorsement of masks was really big. Maybe celebrity endorsement of taking them off could work. Yeah, I mean, Magic Johnson getting out and saying, you know, it's 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 now it's time that that we're, we've managed the pandemic. We have vaccines that work uh, very well in the elderly. We have uh, treatments that are that are effective. The masks are not haven't been particularly effective, and they're divisive. There's no need for them anymore. And you get Magic Johnson and, and others going going around saying, look, we don't need them, and they're acting it out. You can see it in the pictures. <laughs> let them enjoy their life. I'm I'm actually those, these pictures make me happy. Um, let other people enjoy the same. Uh, same benefits that these these uh, these celebrities are enjoying. Yes, indeed. They should stop. They should own it. And we should all own it. This is enough is enough. And, sir, I so appreciate your expertise and your time. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor of medicine at Stanford University. Uh, sir, thanks so much to be continued. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi, ho, the dare we go. I wear a mask to school. 
it helps keep, to keep, keep me, me safe. safe. I hate this song, but it's in my head. Kids, don't do it. Don't comply. Uh, listen to your parents, all right? Whatever they say. I'm not doing the mask anymore. Anyway, have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Stinchfield's next. Thank you so much.